0: And welcome to Just One More Cookie, a podcast about two sisters' journey toward complete health and wellness. We definitely don't have it all figured out, and we're still in the thick of it. But we are enjoying the ride. We'd love for you to come and join us for Just One More Cookie.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to. <laughs> Okay. Hi, friends, and welcome to season two of Just One More Cookie. We're so excited to be back. Um, we were going to be back earlier, but Abigail was a victim of COVID and um, recently recovered. We had to get rid of the man voice before we can get back on here. But um, Abigail, we're glad that you've recovered and that you are indeed alive. Thank you. Me too. Welcome to the land of the living um, and welcome to all of you. Oh, my goodness. Um, we are so excited. We had a, when I was home for Christmas, we had a, a planning day. So we have all of our topics planned out. So let's jump right into season two. Um, before we start, I want to talk about my favorite thing. We're, we're continuing the my favorite thing from last season because it was a lot of fun. Um, so I have a trainer friend. He was on the podcast, Shaid. And um, he recently released an app. And this is why I love this app so much. It's so much. It's called um, the Triple M app. The reason why I love this app so much is because even though he's all the way in North Carolina and I'm all the way in Florida, I can use the app specifically for him to send me meal plans and he sends me um, workouts. And all of the workouts are have videos that go along with them. So I can be in the gym and just have my headphones in and have somebody telling me what to do. And I just have to look at my phone, right? And he can program them too. Like there was a time when I wasn't going to a regular gym. So he would program workouts that just allowed me to do at home workouts. Um, and the thing that I love about him is he customizes your workouts based on your goals. He customizes your meal plan based on your goals. You do check-ins. Um, there's so much that you can do. Um, and it is, so much less than hiring an actual personal trainer. And the thing that I love about this app is that um, I just really, I connect to good people. And I just think that he's not just a trainer, that he just cares about people and that's so important to me because a lot of times people don't want to go to trainers because they'll feel judged or they'll feel uncomfortable never once have i felt that way and he's dealt with so much for me you know because i do complain and i do like if he sends me a meal plan and i'm like i'm not eating this trash he's fun you know what i mean he's just like a really fun guy but he also is as committed to your goals as you are. I remember one time I was really struggling with my eating disorder and I reached out to him and I was like crying and I was like, I need accountability. And for literally two months, he would text me every single day to check up on me. Um, He's just a phenomenal human being, which is why I think that this app is just so incredible. So he has a special discount code for all of our Just One More Cookie listeners. Um, if you go to his website, www.mytriplem.com, which I'm going to put in the show notes and in the, um, the description of the podcast, if you go to that and you put the promo code J-O-M-C um, for Just One More Cookie, you are going to get um, 10% off of the app. Um, the app. So make sure you take advantage of that because it's super exciting. Even if you only do it for a month or two, just to kind of test it out, especially if you're frustrated with working out. um, I get it. Some people don't want to go to the gym. Some people don't want to spend money on a personal trainer, but they also don't feel motivated at their house. There's something about accountability that really does help. Um, So get into it. You'll love it. Okay. So let's jump into the first topic of season two. So obviously because we're in January and um, we just approached a new year, we wanted to take somewhat of a new year approach to this and talk about resetting and goal setting. Ooh, that's, that's nice. Reset to goal set. Do you like that? I do. Okay. Well, I needed more excitement. It was great. Um, (laughs) But one of the things that we didn't want to talk about was how awful 2020 was. I feel like that has become a very popular narrative that people have embraced. And I just don't agree with that. Like 2020 did suck, right? Like there was a lot of like unfortunate things that happened, but as a whole, I don't think it needs to be a throwaway year because just like with anything in life, there are things that we learned that we can grow from, right? And that we can make better. Um, so that we don't just feel like wasting that year. I don't want to waste any year, you know, because mm-hmm. I you had a great year.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of things in 2020 that were not good. A lot of setbacks. And I mean, that was the same for everybody. It was a lot of crazy things that happened, but you know, at the same time, I lost 30 pounds in 2020. Although it was, I did have some in 2019. So it was, you know, total, but still that was great. And, but at the same time, you know, I, I have hit some plateaus and I've backslid a little bit in some of my eating habits. And so it wasn't perfect, but a lot of things happened and I learned some things. And I think that's true for everybody. And especially if you go through hardships You learn so much more than if things are easy. So I think that when we're looking back at 2020 and when we're thinking, wow, that was a really terrible year. I didn't get, I didn't, you know, it was a disaster for me, but you know, what did you learn and what could you bring with you? I think if we put that positive spin on it, we can take the disaster that was 2020 and build on it.
1: Yeah. I have this phrase that I, um, that I use a lot and it's called the phrase is the past is for research and not regret because if you think about regret it's an incredibly wasted emotion right like regret is like i wish i had enough right but like well who cares you know like i wish i hadn't done a lot of things but wishing i hadn't done it doesn't change it right like it happened it it is there's no point in going back and saying i wish i had so even like thinking about 2020 and like all like if you made goals or you had ideas or things didn't work out If you stay in that mindset of regret and what you wish you had have done and how far you might've gotten off track, whether that be health, relationship, career, whatever that might be, you stop yourself from even growing because you're staying in the past of regret, right? And let's even talk about um, regretting, like, let's say that you gained some of the weight back or you, you had a health goal for 2020 and you didn't make it. In fact, you went in the opposite direction. A lot of times, if we don't move past that, then we end up perpetuating the cycle year after year of just sitting in regret saying, I wish I had, I wish I wanted, I wish I wouldn't have done that instead of just taking action, which is something that you did this past year, which is what I believe really helped you push through if you wanted to share that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... Well, I actually changed my plan and I changed it at the end of 2019. So it kind of carried into 2020. And we talked about that when we were talking about plateaus, but, um, just changing up my plan and how I was eating and, and doing the intermittent fasting really jump started it and helped me. And I think that, uh, if we, use this like we were saying, like you were saying, and not live in that regret. It kind of goes back to the story that I told on Thanksgiving, how I went way overboard and you had to talk me down. I think we need to put it in perspective. Yeah, we messed up a lot maybe in 2020. We have things that we regret, but our life isn't over. We still have today. We still have tomorrow. It's not 2020 anymore. So we can put that behind us and we can build on what we have. We can look at what we messed up and say, wow, I really messed up. I don't want to do that again. What can I do so that I don't get in that situation again?
1: Yeah. So one of the, obviously one of the major things that people have been doing is making New Year's resolutions, right? And like really wanting to change certain areas of our lives. So we're going to be talking about goal setting today. But specifically what we're going to be talking about is, first of all, the myths of goal setting. Like, what are the things that we do that end up setting us up for failure? Because there is a strategy to to great goal setting. And then the second half, we're going to share what are some strategies. And then we want to hear what you're doing. What are your goals, right? So the first mistake that we make when we are goal setting is not knowing our why. This is a bit, this has become like such a big thing in probably the past 10 years where people are really starting to talk about, you need to have a why behind all of the things that you do, specifically your goals, because if you don't have a why, it's easy to separate yourself from that why. And that why needs to be like in some sort of emotional connection, right? So if I just want to lose weight because I want to lose weight, sometimes it can be easier for me to like get off that goal, because I don't have a bigger thing pushing me, right? There's not something bigger pushing you, then it's difficult to be motivated. So if I told you, if I told you tomorrow, um, if you don't change your eating habits, you will die in a month. Well, unless you're suicidal, you're going to change your eating habits, because your why automatically gets ignited, right? Your why is I want to survive. So that's what pushes you, right? So your why is something that is underneath that goal that says this is the underlying thing. So your why can be whatever you want it to be based on what your goal is. But it's important that all of your goals, your big goals have a why behind it, right? Your why might be, I want to get off of blood pressure medication. Is that what it is? Blood pressure medication? That sounds Mm -hmm. like a lie. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad you're medical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't take a lot of medical knowledge well, to it, know blood pressure medication.
1: <laughs> it sounded stupid. Oh, like okay. right when I said it, I was like, this sounds stupid, but it's <laughs> not, it's real. Um, you know, your why might be that I want to, um, I want to be able to fit in this dress by this event. Right. So, and your why can change. Um, so, and in, once again, it depends on the person, like your why might be about your kids, your why might be about yourself. So always have a why that goes underneath your big goal. Cause if you don't, it'll be easy to move away from it.
0: Another mistake. I think sometimes that people can make when they are setting goals is to set a goal and let your ego get in the way. So when I'm thinking about this, one example I can think of is sometimes I know that people will set goals. For example, they are going to a class reunion and they're going to see people from high school that they've not seen in 10 years or 20 years. And there's a lot of people there that maybe they don't like or they want to prove themselves. You know, it's you want to go and say, I did way better than you, you know, or you were a jerk in high school. Look at you. You're a failure and I'm amazing.
1: So, yeah. Facebook is great though. You yeah. like, before you'd have to wait until like, and this is a sidebar, but like you'd have to wait until you went to like a reunion. Now you can just look at Facebook and be like, "Cut, so much better than you.
0: Right. I win. <laughs> I <just>
1: win. <laughs> but I think that if you
0: tie your goal to somebody else, you are automatically setting yourself up for failure because you're not doing it for you. And I mean, and I should clarify that because sometimes people do set goals for other people and it is a good goal. Like for example, when you were talking about doing things for your kids, I know in one of my Weight Watchers meetings before, and I've heard people set this goal that their goal was they wanted to be healthy enough so they could play with their kids or their grandkids. And that is, I think that is a really good goal. That's a healthy goal because really you're doing it for your kids, but you're also doing it for yourself because you're having those meaningful reactions, making those memories, having those, um, fostering those strong relationships. But if you are basically doing it, and the only reason is to make yourself look good to others, that that's not going to last because it's, it's not meaningful to you. And those people are not going to be with you every day, you know, coming into your, your space and, puffing you up and say, wow, you really look good. You're 20 pounds less than when I saw you. I mean, you see that person one more time, one time, and then the reunion is over. And so is the goal.
1: Yeah. And I think too, it's like a lot of times when it comes to ego-based goals, it's like this, you're creating goals with the foundation of insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. So The goal isn't for you. The goal is so that other people can perceive you a certain way. Like even like in the entrepreneur world, it's like so many people are like, I need a, I need a Ferrari. I need to be the first one to make a million dollars. And it has nothing essentially to do with them. It's essentially like, how do I do that so I can look good on social media so that people will think, perceive a certain, a certain likeness of me. Right. And it becomes about that, then you you lose the essence of what goal setting is really about, which is personal improvement and not like just impressing everybody around you. Um, Another mistake that we can make is going too big. Now, some people are going to disagree with this, right? Like there's some people like 10x your goal, (laughs) like whatever it is, times it by 10. You want to lose 10 pounds, lose 100. (laughs) Like there's those people. And I think that there's validity in that. Like your goal should challenge you, right? But it shouldn't be impossible, right? Like I remember when I was in third grade and I've always been like a go big or go home type of girl. And I remember we had to like read a certain number of books and I'm in third grade. And I went to the fifth grade section and I checked out five books. And I think it was like, you could only keep them for two weeks. And I remember the librarian, she was like, um, Amy, um, are you sure you're going to be able to read all of these books? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I read so fast, of course. And I remember bringing them home. And mom was like, why did you bring all these books home? And I was like, (laughs) because I'm reading all of them, all of these chapter books with all of this time I have. And I think I barely even got through one book. But there was something about, for me, carrying those books around that I was like, I am going to murder these books. Like I am going to read through them so fast. And it was like, I think when I actually got like quiet with myself, I realized there's no way I'm going to be able to read these books. So then I got even more overwhelmed and I don't even think I read to the level I could. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, all these books. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think sometimes that can be it. Right. We make this big goal and it feels good. Right. Like, Oh, this is great. And I feel empowered. But then when you start to tackle it, and it becomes too big, what most of us do is we end up shying away from it because our own goal is overwhelming us, right? We got like a 10 pound weight on our back. And it's like, man, I could barely walk with a five pounds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that, uh, to this point, when we're talking about, you know, when you mentioned, uh, d- don't set a goal for a hundred pounds, set it for 10, I think a hundred pounds. I mean, if you need to lose a hundred pounds, that can be a reasonable goal, but if that's your only goal and that's all that you're looking at, you're completely overwhelmed. Whereas, like for example, your book situation, if you wanted to read all five of those, but you went to the library and you checked out one, that's gonna be something that you can actually handle. Whereas you bring home five books and have to read them in two weeks, you get you give up after one week. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that putting it into perspective is gonna help. Another mistake is setting too many goals. So um, with our weekly health call, we always try to, at the end of the call, we set a goal for the coming week. And a lot of times we want to be really ambitious and say, okay, I want to work out Five days this week, I also want to every day make sure that I'm tracking my food. And then I want to make sure that I'm working on my sleep habits. And I want to make sure I'm doing this and this and this. And if, especially if it's a new goal, that's something that's not a part of our daily routine already. If we set five goals, it's so difficult to focus on one thing and so difficult to perfect one thing. And two days into our week, we end up giving up. So I think that if we, if we set so many goals, it's going to be really hard for us to achieve any of them.
1: Another mistake is setting vague, non-specific goals. I do this all the time. Mostly because like for some people, goal setting is like, um, very invigorating, but for me, sometimes like details, right? Like details overwhelm me. So like, I always tell people I'm an idea person. Like I remember right, um, right before the new year, I got so excited and I'm on this group chat with my friends and I text everybody. And I was like, what do you guys think of having a vision board party? Cause I really wanted to make a vision board. And everybody was like, yes, this is perfect. Love it. Everybody's on board. And I'm like, perfect. And then the next day, one of my friends approaches me and he's like, so when is the vision board party and i was like whoa <laughs> it's an aggressive question i don't know and he was like yeah but you put the idea out and i was like i'm an idea person But you the idea he was like yeah but like have you thought about supplies and like where it's gonna be and like are you gonna tell people how to do it and i was like i didn't sign up for that That's not, i'm just an idea person right so I think sometimes that's what it is, right? Like we make a goal and it sounds really good and we get excited. And then when someone like approaches us and is like, well, how are you going to make this happen? It's like, we get overwhelmed. Cause we're like, I don't know. It's easier if I just make it vague, right? Like I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, that's great. How much, what are you going to do to like, start doing that? Like, what does that look like? Um, and that's where we can really get tripped up because making goals makes us feel good. But actually getting to where we have to like hold ourselves accountable, that's where a lot of people drop off.
0: All right. Another mistake that we can make sometimes is underestimating the time it's going to take to do these goals and the distractions that we have. And of course, this is different for everybody and it's different for the certain commitments that people have, because of course, everybody has different time commitments. Uh, there, you know, sometimes people have kids that take up a lot of their time, and the kids maybe are involved in sports or activities. And, um, or, and it's just, everybody's lives are hectic. So sometimes if we set a very aggressive goal, for example, if I set a goal that you know, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours every morning. Well, obviously my work schedule gets in the way with that and I could not do it. Uh, so I think just taking stock of your life, doing some evaluation. And when you are setting the goal, it's great. I think, you know, to just kind of almost brainstorm with yourself and say, okay, this is kind of what I, where I want to be. I want to make this and this and this goal and then write it down and analyze it and say, you know what, I don't have time to do that. Or I, this is not going to be a priority for me. I have much things that are much more important to me. So let me tweak that goal. But I, sometimes I think if we just make goals without taking that into consideration, it's easier for us to let it fall by the wayside.
1: It's like understanding your bandwidth and understanding like, what can I handle? Right? Like what, is something that I know that I can work on and how do I break that down? Right? Like if we keep making these goals and then in the goals, like we have our steps and we keep not hitting them, we're going to feel like a failure without realizing it's not that we're a failure. It's just that we're not being, we're not analyzing the time that it takes to get certain things done. We're not incorporating life into our goal setting or into our schedule and understanding like it takes time. And we only have a certain amount of time and you still want balance in your life.
0: Yeah, another mistake that we can make is setting negative goals. And uh, what I mean by this is basically the, I'm not going to do something, I can't do something, anything that's restrictive. For example, I set this goal that I'm not gonna eat any sugar forever, ever again. When that is, (laughs) first of all, yes. What a terrible Beautiful. life you will lead. <laughs> and then it's not reasonable. <laughs> I mean, you can't go to a birthday party and not eat some cake. You're going to eventually. I mean, no. But why? But why you know would I mean? you?
1: Like, but I mean... <laughs> jump into fire. But yeah. why?
0: Well, and this is why I like Weight Watchers so much. And they have this as part of their marketing slogan. And this is something they say all the time there's nothing that you cannot eat at Weight Watchers. It's just a matter of budgeting and saying, what can I handle? And I just need to have it in moderation. Or even if you think of other goals that are not necessarily health, re- well, I mean, I could I could say that this is a health uh, related topic. But for example, um, the way that you spend your time, because I think a lot of times we waste our time and our time is precious and something that we need to be good stewards of. But for example, I can set a goal of I want to use my time more wisely. So in the afternoon or I'm sorry, in the evening, when I get home from work, a lot of times, a lot of times my job is very stressful, especially depending on what time of year it is. And sometimes I can be so drained when I come home that all I want to do is sit on the couch and turn on the TV, which really acts more like white noise and kind of just stare off into space and really not have any sort of mental stimulation at all. I just want to... Drown in that because I'm so tired, but I know that that is unhealthy for me. So instead of saying I'm never going to watch TV again, because of course I am, because there's some shows that I really want to know what's going to happen next week. Right. But if I say, okay, I want to limit myself to one hour of TV a day, and then I want to do something that's going to stimulate my brain. So, you know, I want to read a chapter in a book, and I want to do a chapter in a novel, and then a chapter in a non-fiction book, or I want to spend one hour working on a puzzle while I listen to podcasts or anything that's going to make me feel like I didn't just waste five hours. And then all I did was go to work and then go to bed. And then the rest of the time was mindless TV. So I think if we reformat our goals or restate them, and instead of making everything negative, looking for a positive. I think that helps us. Of course, anytime you change a negative into a positive, it's going to help you be successful.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's like, it's scientific, right? Like the minute that you tell your brain no, or I won't, it's like your brain automatically wants it, right? Mm -hmm. The minute that I tell myself, you can't eat, I'm like, I want, Mm -hmm. even if I don't care. I remember one time we were at the church and Somebody comes in, What well, we were in the sanctuary. Somebody comes in the sanctuary, they're like, the bathrooms are broken. <laughs> Automatically <laughs> urine entered my body. Yeah. supernaturally, And it wasn't even just like I had to pee. I was like, oh, it's an emergency, right? Yeah. Cause it's like the minute that I can't have it, I wouldn't even have thought about it. But when you say I can't, then I'm like, I have to have it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that the, it is important that switch is more so. What are you going to do? What not? What you're not going to do? Yeah. So, uh, we already talked about
0: the mistakes that we make when we are setting goals. So let's talk about what does work, and some strategies to set some successful goals. So the first thing that you want to do when you are choosing your goals is to pick smart goals, and that is an acronym: S M A R T. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So you want to set goals that are S specific. So it doesn't, we just talked about that in our mistakes. We want to make sure it's not vague, that it's a very specific goal, that it's M measurable. So you can see the results, whether it's, if it's lose weight, obviously you're going to want to weigh yourself. So you see the goal or take body measurements, something that you can look at and say, I'm making progress. You want them to be a actionable. So something that you are able to do and it needs to be relevant. So the goal needs to be relevant to what you want, the outcome that you want to achieve. And then it needs to be timely or time-based. So you need to give yourself a certain amount of time. So, you know, in this, this week, this week, I want to work out three days and I want to do this type of workout. So I want to do one day, a cardio one day yoga, and I want to walk outside one day, take the dog on a walk, something like that. So you give yourself during this week block of time, I'm going to do this or during this month, this is what I want to achieve. So if you do pick those smart goals, you are going to be more successful.
1: Yeah. And I think too, one of the things that can feel overwhelming is a lot of times we are wanting improvements holistically, right? Like sometimes it's not just about health. Sometimes like we're like, oh my, I want my life to be better in all areas, you know? So that's where like all these new year's resolutions are. Um, I think that it, it would benefit to take your life and separate it into categories, and start to make one smart goal per category. Like in your in your nutrition, what's one smart goal you want to make? In your career, what's a smart goal? In your um, in your fitness, in your relationships, right? Um, so you can you can essentially um, you can essentially create those goals, right? different categories. Um, And then once you do that, now you have these SMART goals and it can create like a more holistic standpoint, right? Like even on my vision board, like I have all the aspects of my life that are important to me, right? Like my business, my relationships, I want to travel, right? So that's like a more holistic standpoint to where you're not feeling like you have to do a hundred goals. Like just start with one in each section and tackle that. And once you get that, now you create another goal, right? So now it's creating a growth that you can see as opposed to just creating 50 goals that you never see improvement on. So another thing that really helps is um, creating discipline. And we have this whole, we talked about this whole topic in the podcast on discipline. So you definitely should check that out. Um, actually, if you haven't listened to season one, you should listen to all the episodes. And if you've listened to season one, you should re-listen <laughs> We're that great. And so with discipline, um, so there's all these different day frames that people say that it takes, right? Like some people say it takes, um, 21 days. Some people say, it's, so there's different days. So according to this website, um, according to science, <laughs>
0: according to science
1: according to science <laughs> it takes 66 days for a habit to become automatic and you know what science wins so 66 days um, so that's a little over 8 weeks of doing the same thing every day before it becomes a natural part of your daily life so if you can make it through 2 months of discipline then you're much more likely to achieve your long-term goals which i think is a really good thing for you to embrace right the idea of The thing that makes goal setting um, something that's super powerful is when you start to see it become a habit. Like one of the goals that I have and that I've been consistently having for weeks is that I really want to get solid with my morning routine. And my morning routine very much focuses on my inward self. Meditation, journaling, gratitude, and something else. Whatever that something else is. I can't think of it right now. (laughs) really important. But I (laughs) Anyway, so that was my goal. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be doing it every morning. And I kept putting that goal every week. And sometimes I would do three days, sometimes four days. But the thing that I'm seeing is I'm keeping that goal because I wanted to become a habit. And now it's gone from doing it two days, three days, to now I'm like solidly doing it five days a week to where it's like it's 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 becoming a habit. Where like when I come home from the gym and I shower, Right when I get done showering, I grab my stuff, I go to my chair, and I'm in it, right? So, whatever you're choosing to do, that's why SMART goals are so important. When are you doing this? Because when you pick that win, you show up to that win consistently. So it starts to become a habit. So if your SMART goal is, I want to work out once a week for a month, right? If you show up once a week for a month, then that's gonna motivate you to say, okay. I did once a week for a month, so maybe I'll try twice a week for a month, right? But if you say I'm going to do once a week for a month and you never show up, then the next month you're going to make the same goal and you're going to stop trusting yourself, right? So the discipline is whatever your SMART goal is, make it measurable, make it doable, right? Like we said in the things that you don't want to do, know yourself, know your schedule, make it something that's doable and do it consistently so it starts to become a habit.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing that you're going to want to do so that you are successful when you're setting your goals is to prime your environment. So um, basically what you need to do is anything that is going to be a stumbling block for you, you need to get it out of your space. So, for example, I know that you cannot have cereal in your house. We've talked about this before.
1: No, I I know. an entire box of Cocoa Puffs last week. (laughs) An entire box. You know what?
0: I am really been craving some granola or some honey bunches of oats oh, with almond milk.
1: Two months oh. ago, honey bunches of oats, the almond kind, the whole box.
0: Delicious. What and do I love, do
1: again? I,
0: I do not like milk, but I do love almond milk. Plus it's sweeter and then you get a sweet cereal with it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, But I would never buy cereal and put it in my house. And there's a reason why, you know, I have my weekly enlightened ice cream. There's a reason why I buy it and I take it to mom's house. And then I only get one a week because I cannot have that in my house because I will overindulge. So if your environment is not conducive to you being successful, then you need to make a change and evaluate it. I mean, it's just the same if somebody's trying to quit smoking then of course you you don't buy cigarettes. You don't have them in your house. You don't have them in your pocket or in your purse or whatever because you're trying and if the temptation is there, it's gonna be easier to fall. So make sure that that is something that you're taking care of.
1: Yeah, and like you're the way that you prime your environment depends on what you're setting up, right? So like for me, working out in the morning is really important. So I put my clothes out. My clothes are gonna be out on the chair I'm sitting on before I go to bed right and like i know because nutrition i have a goal to stay on my nutrition plan five out of the seven days of the week in my refrigerator are zero snacks when my friends come over i'm like what do you want to drink tap water is all we have (laughs) what do you want to eat (laughs) vegetables and salmon is what's in there and like one of my friends came over and she was like do you have chips chips What?
0: I can remember the last time I bought chips.
1: Do you know what that would do to me? Do you know how often I want chips? I literally just made a pan of vegetables and I was like, I wish this was mashed potatoes. And I don't even know where I got mashed potatoes from. But priming your environment, right? And like, I have a specific goal for my, I have a financial goal for my business. So I know before I go to bed, I'm taking that orange notebook out and I'm writing down what exactly, that's all about priming your environment and really knowing what do I need to put in my environment to help me? And then what do I need to get out of it? That's going to deter me from my goals. And sometimes that's people. Sometimes you got to kick people out of your, not kick them out of your life, but distance them or do something with them. If they are like goal destroyers, like if you know somebody who like, is threatened by your health journey, which this is real. Do you know what I mean? Like there's people in your life that might get uncomfortable with your health journey, especially if they see you achieving your goals and maybe they're not on the same track. Give people in your life who will celebrate you and who will hold you accountable and who will be there for you. Um, another thing that you can do is creating a vision board. I love vision boards. Let me tell you about... I'll never if you, do a vision board. <laughs> if you don't have a vision board, let me see if I can show it to you. Okay, no, I can't. Cause the minute I move this, it's just gonna, the mic is gonna fall and it's just gonna be nonsense. Okay, so this is what a vision board, this is the power of a vision board, right? So um, I don't wanna say science cause I have no science on there, but somewhere out there, a scientist <laughs> knows that this is true. So anytime that you're putting something consistently in front of your eyes visually, right? There's something that's stimulated in your brain. So the way that my bed is set up there's a wall right across from it. So on the wall, I have a poster board and on that poster board are images and words that I cut out from magazines that represent what I want this year for my life. And the reason why a vision board can be so powerful is it makes you really think big picture. And I did, and you can do it whatever way you want, but I did, I separated my life into what do I want from relationships are really important. So what do I want from that? My health is really important. What are the words that resonate with me? My business is really important. What do I want? So like I want to do a TED Talk. So I have a picture of somebody giving a big speech. I want to create more of my own content. So I have books on there. Like on my health, I have um, focus on your eating because that's what I want, right? So every morning when I wake up and I open my eyes, that's the first thing I see. And it's a reminder of my big picture, right? Because goals are essentially created from big picture. Like, what are you wanting holistically from your life? And then how do you narrow that down? So being able to do that, to create a vision board, keeps that in front of you on a consistent basis and it reminds you when you get tired, right? Or when you're sick of it, when you're sick of doing your nutrition or you're sick of working on your relationships, like your significant other is annoying you or you're sick of, you know, we're like, you're sick of your coworkers. But when you look at that vision board, it reminds you of the bigger picture. Like you might feel that right now, but you promised yourself that that's what you want as your bigger picture. And I feel like it really does help as a, it helps to be a constant reminder of where did you say you wanted your life to go this year and to stay the course.
0: hmm I think it's really important with that. You know, there talking about science, I'm sure there's science to back this up, but the more senses that you engage in an activity, the more that you learn and the more that you retain. So it's just like if, for example, if you're learning something, it always is helpful instead of just reading it to speak it, to teach it to others, to talk about it. So then you're engaging uh, your Ears, because you're hearing it. You're not just reading it, or you know, write it down. So then that you're seeing it. So you're doing flashcards. So I think that the more, even though I will never do a vision board. Vision boards aren't my thing. Never. never. No, I I won't. I'm not going to. (laughs) I put my foot down. I'm saying it here and now in front of the world.
1: Archive this seven years plus
0: your death, and I promise (laughs) you will do it. I'm not doing a vision board, but I will set some goals and I will write some things down because it's helpful to write down my goals and then you can check things off. But like I said, I think it's important to engage as many senses as you can when you're trying to develop habits, set goals, learn anything like that. So anything that you can do to engage all of you is going to help you.
1: Um, the next thing you can do is call the goal pyramid. I love this. So this guy, he's a serial entrepreneur, Matthew Michael Witts. Wicks, Matthew Michael Witts. We'll call him Matthew M. He created. Um, he has something called Life in Half a Second, right? That's his book. So in his book, he talks about what he calls the goal pyramid, right? And it, it is how it sounds. At the top of the pyramid is like your big goal, Right. At the bottom pyramid is the small milestones that are going to get you to your big goals. So it's almost like planning backwards. And I love this because actually I have a friend. His name is Bundu. He's one of my favorite people on earth. But he really helps me all the time when I say, I really want to do this. And he's like, break that down. What does that look like? What, like take it to the smallest. Like what can you do today? And then what can you do tomorrow? What can you do in the month? So the, the bottom of the pyramid is the small milestones. And then the middle of the pyramid is the medium milestones. And then at the top is your big goal. So it's literally like planning your goal backwards, right? So maybe the, the, the one on the bottom is what are you doing daily or however often you plan on hitting this goal. And then the medium is like, what does it look like in a month? What does it look like in two months? And then how do you get to that big goal? It's just a really great planning backwards method.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think a way that you can do that is to write down your daily goals. Uh, I like to do this, of course, with my food. I try to track every day. Some days I'm not as successful, but a lot of times I will pre-plan, sometimes at the beginning of the week. And it's this is very easy for me because I am a creature of habit and I'm okay with eating the same things over and over and having a small menu to choose from. But just waking up and knowing this is what I'm going to do today can be so helpful. I do this a lot at work too, not as much as I should, but if I'm sitting in front of my computer and just answering emails all day, there's things that are popping up constantly to distract me and to get me, you know, chasing some other going down some other rabbit hole. Whereas if I write a list at the beginning and say, okay, I need to get these tasks done today and then that way it helps me to focus and then i kind of turn off other distractions and get stuff done so i can start checking things off but i've actually um sometimes i've actually written down goals that i'm going to do for the following day sometimes which i've talked about before i've written notes to myself so that when i wake up i see the note and it helps motivate me cuz sometimes i'm motivated the night before and i think okay i'm going to wake up before i go to work and i'm going to work out and it's very easy for me to sit in bed when my alarm goes off and say, I'm just going to this half an hour that I was going to use to work out. I'm just going to snooze a little bit longer. Whereas if I have that note that I wrote to myself yesterday that said, you need to get up and work out because you're going to have a really stressful day and you're going to need the endorphins. It's going to make you feel better. So I think writing things down, especially breaking it down daily is really going to be helpful for you.
1: Yeah. I'm going to combine two of them because I think these two are pretty similar, but it's creating daily objectives along with creating a schedule. And I think both of those are really aligned with each other to set an intention, right? Um, So when you are looking at every single day, you might not have a goal that requires you to do it every day, but you at least want to have something on your schedule that you are setting yourself up for success by thinking about what am I doing today to accomplish my goals, which is where like the writing the goal down is perfect because that's reminding you of the goal. But then when you get to your daily schedule and your objectives, now you're transferring what does that action, remember our SMART goal, what action am I taking today? What's my objective today to reach my big goal, right? And the more that you write it down, the more you'll get a personal connection with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we also need to identify our why, which we talked about at the beginning of the this episode. And one of the reasons why sometimes we're not successful is because we don't have a why or the why that we have is wrong, which I'd hate to say that that your why is wrong, but it, it could be. And I think a lot of times if our why is misguided, so if it is based on somebody else, like we talked about, if we're only being healthy, to impress somebody else, or if our why is just short term, like all I want to do is lose 20 pounds so that I can fit into this dress in six months. But afterwards, what what happens? Is that your only why? And then after that you can gain the 20 pounds back. So I think if we don't have, if we don't evaluate our why, and sometimes our why can change over time, but I think identifying it and making it positive and Keep yourself in mind and love yourself while you're thinking of your why. Is this why going to make me a a happier person? Is it going to make me a better person so that I am more effective in my relationships, so that I have a positive influence on the people that I interact with? So I think evaluating our why can really help us to be motivated to stick to our goals.
1: Yeah. Another thing is to plan your rewards. So what are you going to do to reward yourself? Um, I know um, Mel Robbins, she does a lot on um, goal setting and she wrote a book called The Five Second Rule. She's really great. But one thing she talks about is that you, when you are giving yourself positive reinforcement, it makes you want to stick to your goals. So like if you have a goal for that week and you accomplish it, what are you doing to acknowledge it? I don't think that we're always the best at it. I think we're really good at beating ourselves up. Like if I don't accomplish a goal, I know how to beat myself up really well. But if I if I yeah, if I accomplish it, it's it's more difficult for me to say, okay, well, how am I celebrating it? So decide how you're celebrating it. So if you meet this goal, what will you do? How will you celebrate?
0: Mm-hmm. We also want to make sure that we have accountability in our lives. And this is a must, especially for I know it's been very beneficial for me. And they've done studies about it. I'm sure I don't know if they've done studies, but I know that
1: science scientists.
0: Science says it. Agreed. We don't know. (laughs) I know that that they do say, well, we can do
1: everything for you. Look at it.
0: Yeah. But I do know from my experience in Weight Watchers, they have, and they have a statistic and I don't remember what it was, but they say that it, those members that actually go to the meetings are more successful and you can look look up the statistic. I don't, have no idea what it is, but I have found in my many, many years of being on this journey at the times in my life, when I am accountable to somebody I am so much more successful. So having our weekly health calls, it really helps me because I know that you're going to call me and say, can we do our our health call? So I know that I'm going to have to tell you this week was a disaster. I ate so much food. I was not uh, consistent with my goals and I gained two pounds this week. It was a, it was a giant disaster. So I know that somebody is going to be there and even though you never tell me you're an epic failure and how could you, and you're so disgusting because you ate a, a big giant piece of cake or whatever, but just to have that so that you can celebrate your victories and then you can be accountable for your failures. It's so important.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I want to end with this quote by Henry David Thoreau, one of my favorite writers, he said, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals, which I think that that is so true. With each goal that I've set, I've become somebody different. I've become a better version of myself based on the goals that I'm creating. So we want to challenge you guys first and foremost. I am so, so, so excited. We have an IG page. We have an Instagram page. One more cookie pod. That is our Instagram handle. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Please follow us. I'm so so excited because we're going to be doing so many additional things on the IG. One thing that I want to do is um, I want me and Abigail to go live um, for one of our health calls, so you guys can kind of get an idea of what our health calls are. Because it's one of my it's one of my favorite things that we do, because we don't just sit there and talk about pounds. Like how many pounds did you lose or gain? It's like half the time that's like a quick just accountability piece. What we talk about most is what was your high this week? What was your low? We talk about the mental aspect, the physical aspect, all of it. So we're going to do so many things that we want to include you guys in on the journey. Um, So make sure that you follow us. And on this week, so if you check out the, if you check out IG this week, the clip of this video is going to go up this next week. And I want you underneath this clip to write down what is one goal that you have? What is one of your goals? And make sure that you tune in next week because we have a special, special guest who has just released a cookbook. She's going to be on the show. She's so amazing. She's going to go through her whole health journey with us. So make sure that you tune in. We love you guys so much. Thank you for coming in on the journey with us for season two. We will see you next time on Just One More Cookie.